The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to Hoopball NBA DFS today. I am Andrew Hansen, joined by Andy Gallagher today, and we've got the Sunday slate for you, Sunday, December 22nd, 2019. It's a five-game slate, and Andy, it's been a couple weeks. I'm excited to have you back on the program. How are every, How is everything down there in, in South Florida? Definitely excited to be around at uh, this time of year. You know, it's uh, bowl season. It's uh, you know, a lot of football, a lot of action going on. So, you know, I'm um, keeping up with as much as I can, but uh, getting, you know, more down now with the basketball, the NBA, as far as that, taking over this time of year and season. And uh, the weather here is pretty, uh, pretty cool. So we got some nice, cool weather as well going on. So that's all good. And then uh, we'll keep that rolling. Yeah, actually, I had the NFL on this afternoon in the background, that Houston-Tampa game, and it looked cloudy. And I didn't ever hear what the temperature was, but I, you know, I'm a little concerned for you down there. If it's cool and cloudy, did you have to break out the winter jacket? No, no. In fact, I'll check the weather for like different games, like with um, Tampa and then Texans with that football game. But then I noticed the weather it was supposed to be like super windy, but it really wasn't. So it scared a lot of people off, like in um, DFS and so forth. When you play some of these smaller slates, you know how um, that people are reluctant to play players in those games, but I didn't, um, wasn't fearful of it. So it turned out fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I always chuckle because you know, I lived in Florida for three winters and you just, you get accustomed to it. And all of a sudden 55 feels like it's freezing. And, but up here in the Northeast, <laughs> 50, 55 is like a great spring, spring day, as, as you know. So, um, good, you know, glad, glad you're not too cold here and, uh, we can get heated up for this Sunday slate. And I, I know that you have a good lineup going tonight on the Saturday slate. So who have your stars been so far in that lineup? Yeah. Well, I got my guards here at Simmons. I took Mike's suggestion, uh, Brown uh, from uh, Milwaukee. I got uh, Daniel House in there. A um, couple of Washington guys, Mahini and Beal went off tonight. Uh, DiVincenzo, also from Milwaukee, did a pretty good solid game starting in there tonight, filling in, uh, and also Andre Drummond. But the interesting guy here was uh, actually Harrison Barnes, and his ownership here is right at 3%. And how many fantasy points does he have? Right now he's got 35, 36.5, and it is two minutes left in the fourth. Now, now that is impressive because – I almost never play Harrison Barnes. I just feel like he's more of a cash game play. So, I mean, you're already rising to the top here. You're going to be the Harrison Barnes whisperer. And I'd, <laughs> I'd love to know, you know, why you're on him tonight. Well, yeah, 20th out of 2.4K. So that's a pretty good crushing lineup. I wish I would have put it in more at higher stakes. But, hey, um, it was simply a matter of getting a guy in there at that price range. It fell to the last guy. Um, which a lot of times it happens where you just want to go with the lowest own guys. But it was between him and Holmes and actually um, Bagley for that last spot. So I just simply went with the guy who was less owned. Okay. And you went with the starter and the guy who's probably going to get a few more minutes. So 
that's always a great way to approach it if you can go low owned uh, in tournaments, of course. So we will we'll take a look at that on this slate tonight, and let's let's start to jump into it here in a minute. Quick shout out for Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee. They are the magical brew. They brew up gold for us. They come with the gold clips, and we are big fans here at Hoopball. So a shout-out to them and a thank you. You can find them at HawaiianIsles.com, and you can order through Amazon with a couple clicks. You'll have it very quickly. And it keeps uh, you know, those of us here in the northern part of the country, keeps us warm, Andy, uh, you know, during the winter. So highly recommend it. And let's start to take a look at this slate. And on Sunday on DraftKings, there's going to be a showdown slate for the first game, Dallas against Toronto. That one starts at 3.30 Eastern. Dallas traveling to Toronto to face the second-ranked defense in terms of defensive efficiency. That's going to be one of the themes of this slate. You know, I noticed that the top six defenses in terms of defensive efficiency are on this slate, even though it's only five games. So, we are really going to have to work hard to find value and and you know explore these matchups because it's not going to be one of those slates that's ultra high scoring. So we got our work cut out for us, Andy, and we're going to start with this showdown slate. In, in terms of the news, uh, as most of you know, there have been big big changes in the Toronto lineup. Siakam, Gasol, and Powell are going to be out, and. That's going to open up a, a lot of value with a, you know, sort of a different rotation. And mm-hmm. over on the Dallas side, of course, Luca is still out. And if you look back at the matchup, these two teams played earlier. Dallas won 110-102, but it was a completely different mix of guys because Siakam, Gasol, and Powell started. Powell played very well. Luca went for 26-15-7, and seven, but... All of those guys are out. So we're kind of starting from scratch here in our analysis. But, Andy, I want to let you start off with the Mavericks. What are your thoughts on that side of the ball? Sure. When you're filling the captain spot, I think you've got to go with Porzingis. He's really should be putting out the most fancy points um, on that particular slate. Um, that's really just the way to go to cash, uh, in cash, that is. Um, staying on that side of the ball, of course. Um, the other two guys – have been filling in well, um, starting and putting up their minutes and their production is uh, Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, with those guys right there, um, I think those are the cash uh, options in the showdown slate to go with um, on DraftKings at least. So you can um, pretty much plug and play those guys in there. It's um, pretty cut and dry when it comes to those three um, as far as any showdown slate. And then looking at like, um, GPP options. Um, I know some of these guys were coming off injuries, but I know they're doing better right now. Uh, from my understanding, is um, Seth Curry and Powell. Um, so you could um, mix and match those guys. Maybe you know if you find some um, nice uh, multi-entry contests. Um, if you mix and match, you know between your lineup, of course, um, with the other team, which you'll take. But then um, you know Curry and Powell into the into the mix there, I think that would be a good way to go um, as far as the Dallas side of things to get yourself maybe some wins there. Yeah, I'm with you. I've got Porzingis in the captain slot as I've built out my first lineup. And 
it's really interesting with the pricing on this showdown slate because, of course, with Luca and Siakam out, those are the two highest priced players in this game. And so it's it's a lot easier to make a strong lineup with a lot of the starters and not have to go way down for value. And I, I think our listeners will will see that as they start to build their lineup. But uh, so I'm with you. I've got Porzingis in the captain's spot. He's had four straight games over 50 fantasy points. And he did well earlier in the season in this matchup. He went for 20 and 15. And we know that he he had a lot of down games earlier in the season. So that's encouraging, especially with Siakam and Gasol out. So uh, I'm with you on Porzingis and, and Hardaway as well. I was with him. At, I was on him in that Philly game and he really went off and he had he attempted the most shots of anyone on, on the team. So I, I like his usage at that 6.4 price tag. Um, I am probably going to play primarily Raptors otherwise. Um, certainly would consider Brunson, Curry, and Powell. And, you know, if you want to get a little bit different, because if you price, if you go down to one of those guys, you're going to have plenty of money to pay for whoever else you want in this game. But I also want to mention DeLon Wright. He has been dealing with a finger issue, but last time out he went for 8, 7, 4, and 4, and he's coming back to Toronto where he started his career. So I like that narrative. Over on the Raptors side, we saw that new lineup uh, against the Wizards, and and they were really primed for stacking, as, as we predicted on that on the show that, that day. Um, Abaka paid off. He's at 7.8, so I, he's going to be in – Almost all my lineups here for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, with the guards, that I think is the place where you might have to make a tough decision. We've got Lowry at 8.6, Van Vliet at 8.2. I think they're both worth playing. Um, OG at 6.0 is solid. And I think you know the way to attack it is if you're building tournament lineups, I do think it's good to multi-enter because you know, you can sort of look at it with three different uh, approaches, I think, where you either play Lowry or Van Vliet or both. And I don't, I can't envision entering any lineups without either one of them. And I don't think you need to because of their prices. Um, but that's my primary focus. And again, if you want to go down for value on Toronto just to get a little bit different, um, you could try Boucher at 2.2, and then you'll get all the other stars that you want. RHJ was solid in the last one at, at 4.0. I'm not a big fan of McCaw at 3.6, but what are your thoughts on Toronto? Yeah, RHJ is really interesting. He seems like he can get the type of production, the start of production. I, I believe he came off the bench where he had to have uh, with the, around 20 minutes last game as he can – Put it up. I mean, what a great tournament option. 4K compared to um, Siakam. I'm sorry, Ibaka. Um, but Ibaka is a heck of a lot more, almost uh, twice as much. So, you know, not using Ibaka as an option in GPPs is may- maybe where a way to go with Hollis Jefferson. And then you can fit in like your, you know, your three best Dallas players you want. And you can go the rest. Uh, you know, you can fit Lowry and Van Fleet even in the same lineup if you want to do something like that. Absolutely. You know, if you just go with one substitution, basically, from the high-priced guys, 
then you're going to be able to get all the other high priced guys that you want, you know, even with Porzingis in the captain spot. So, um, all right, well, we're pretty aligned on that one. We'll, we'll see if that theme continues here through the main slate. Uh, before we get into the, the main slate on DraftKings with those four games, I just want to mention to follow at Hoopball Fantasy, and you'll get all your news there. You can follow us as well. Andy is at Drew J. Gallagher, and that is not like Drew Holiday. That's Drew with a D. But he gets the he gets the J there in the middle, and then Gallagher is G A L L A G H E R. You can find me at Language Olympic. Be sure to follow the coach at J O E S A R V A D I. Follow Mr. Apatria at M I K E A P O T R I A, and follow our Canadian pro at M Y L E S six five six five. So there's the crew, and as we get ready for this four-game slate, um, I do think one of the themes here will be the narratives. We've got a lot of fun narratives to go along with all this defensive firepower, and let's jump into it. The first one in the main slate is Charlotte traveling to Boston for a 6 o'clock Eastern game, and this, of course, is the rematch of Kemba traveling down to Charlotte. Back on November 8th, he had a real rough outing, shooting 4 for 12, just a real emotional uh, evening for him. And Hayward went off in that game for the Celtics. He went for 20, 10, and 6. But he's questionable with the foot. Marcus Smart is out. Over on the Hornets' side, I don't think we have any injury news. Batum was back in the starting lineup. He's been in and out of the lineup. Um, But with... With that backdrop in mind, Andy, why don't you share your thoughts for us on the Hornets? Yeah, well, the Hornets, you know, you got um, Rogier and you got um, uh, the point guard there. That's um, Graham. Sorry, Graham taking over. That um, uh, Graham handles the ball. So even though Rogier's not handling the ball, he's getting aggressive. He's getting uh, to the hoop. So you could certainly take a shot on him as. Um, you know, and he's going against his old team, right? That's right. He's back so. in the garden where he started his career. And he, he also struggled in, in this matchup the first time. He went one for 11. I have a feeling he'll do better the second time around. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, um, that's a good call because um, for a little bit less, you know, you get Rogier in there as opposed to Graham. Um, I, I don't know if I'll play both of them. I haven't tried to fit that into a lineup. But you could go um, – and uh, go with Rogier, I suppose, um, cash and tournament, really. And um, the interesting here is that until P.J. Washington Washington comes back, um, Coach Borrego, if I'm saying his name correctly here, um, he wants to test the young young guys out. Um, so he wants to play some of these other guys, like on the wing, that are coming off the bench. Um, and also Cody Zeller, interesting, interestingly, is coming off the bench uh, who's probably a low-owned option um, uh, as a hint for tournaments probably as well, is that uh, you could probably go to Zeller because he's still getting his minutes. Not pe- not many people are going to play him probably as he's basically benched. But then, um, so we can see some value opportunity here overall in this game. Uh, one interesting thing is really it has to be a some sort of a mix-up by DraftKings in particular, is that they've got um, 
if you were to do a quick search um, for this slate here, as it stands now, and I don't know when they correct this, um, Cody Martin, he's one of those wing guys who got some time and minutes off the bench as well. Um, he had a good game, a career high, uh, 11 points, close to 20 minutes, and he actually put up some peripheral numbers as well. So, but the question is, is is he 3.7K or is he 3K? Because when you search for it here, there's two guys that come up with that name, C Martin. Yeah, and, I think I think the second one is his brother Caleb. So he is he's locked in at 3K, still the minimum price. And Cody was down at the minimum price, but due to those strong games recently that you mentioned, he is up to 3.7. Yeah. Okay, so so then officially you would say Cody Martin is officially 3.7. It's not 3K, correct? Yes, and that's that's a good reminder for all of us. We always need to pay very close attention to that since they are twin brothers. They both start out with the C Martin. So, gotcha. you know, absolutely uh, go with Cody here. And he is, at, <laughs> he is at 3.7, which, by the way, is my favorite number, 37. So um, yeah. maybe he's worth a look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, on a slate like this, there's not, it's only four games. Um, throwing it out there, you know, especially in tournaments, you know, and you can even open up some opportunity because we've got some studs, um, superstars in this uh, slate as well that we could spend up for, and we want to get some savings. And so we even consider it in cash and go over everything um, as news comes up and all that, and we'll see what happens. But um, the only other guy is um, for Charlotte here. We can potentially get some value from his Miles Bridges. Uh, when his minutes are up, <clears throat> I know he gets you more than 20 um, DraftKings points, even though this is not the met- best matchup for them playing Boston. So um, the overrunner is at only 209 and a half. Boston favored by 13. So we expect to see some of these guys, especially get some run off the bench as you know they start to experiment with some of these young guys and playing them. Yeah, Bridges is a guy that. You know, his price is down a little bit. Um, I usually don't play him. Um, you mentioned Zeller, and the fact that he's coming off the bench is kind of funny because his price is up to 6.1. He is going to be facing the Enos Cantor defense primarily, and that's assuming that Charlotte goes with the same lineup they used today with Biombo starting, Zeller coming off the bench. I think they will continue to use that lineup there's no reason for them to both start like they did against indiana uh boston certainly plays a lot smaller than indiana so i I do think we'll have zeller coming off the bench facing off against Cantor in their minutes and like i mentioned i do like rosier here i think he'll uh bounce back in this matchup um let's keep an eye on the starting lineup for these wings because Batum, if he starts, is 3.0, and he really has had a poor fantasy season. But, again, if if you want a a low-owned option here where you can save some money, you could consider him. I would also look at Monk at 3.8 coming off the bench. He's had some strong games recently. He didn't uh, didn't get many minutes today. He only played 18 minutes. But, again, that was the first game of a back-to-back, so... I think there's a good chance he'll be closer to 24 minutes, and I would play one or the other of those two. I, w- I would not play both of them. 
Over on the Celtics side, uh, again, we need to watch the news on Hayward. That really changes the usage for these wing players. If he's out, I would look at Kemba at, at 8.2, and Tatum is 7.4. He, he played well in this matchup the first time out. He went for 23-9. and nine. I, I like him a little bit better than Brown at 7.3. Okay. And then the other guy that jumped out for me is Enos Cantor. He's 4.9, but um, we, we've seen that centers who play primarily against Zeller fare well. So he's a guy that I'm going to keep in mind. He'll be in my player pool. Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on the Celtics? Yeah, um, this guy, Sami Ojale. Ojale, sorry. He started the last game. I don't have any particular I had interest in him. I played him in a lot of my cash games. I still cashed in really well last night, but um, I don't know if he has, honestly, potential to <laughs> improve on um, 10 fancy points, but maybe more of a, a GPP play only. Um, Cantor had, interestingly, you mentioned uh, 18 boards off the bench last game, so that was good there. And um, between... Tatum and Brown, usually you have to go with um, either one of those guys probably in a slate like this. Um, it's just really the better value that, um, as opposed to spending up for um, our other guy, the, the guard. Kemba. Kemba, yeah. So, um, but you had an interesting um, uh, narrative there with that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, that that's certainly going to be a different dynamic with Charlotte coming to town and hopefully Kemba will be more relaxed and have a chance to thrive against the Hornets. They are ranked 23rd in defense. And and just to follow up on Ojale, I watch a lot of Celtics games, so I've seen him more over the years. He's really a defensive stopper. He's a guy that they'll start and put up against guys like Giannis and he can shoot it all right from, from distance, but he really doesn't shoot very often. So he would be more of a tournament play for me. He just rarely does much in, in terms of stats. You know, he's really more of a glue guy, a defender. So I don't think he'll be in, in my lineups. Right. So we can uh, forego that there. That's all I have for this game. What about you? Yeah, I'm ready to move to game two on the afternoon slate. And that's going to be a fun matchup. It's the Pacers against the Bucks, And these two teams played back in November. But again, that was a different matchup. It was low scoring. Milwaukee 102 to 83. There was no Middleton in that game and no Brogdon. So uh, a different dynamic here. And, you know, speaking of narratives, we've got Brogdon heading back to Milwaukee for the first time. Mm-hmm. And, on the Milwaukee side in this Saturday game here, we're recording this on Saturday night, Matthews was out. So we'll see what happens with the Sunday lineup on, on the back-to-back for Milwaukee. They won easily at New York today. But um, assuming that, well, I guess we can go either way. We're not sure what's going to happen with, with Matthews in the starting lineup. Ursan Ilyasova started today, but... Uh, Andy, what are your thoughts on Milwaukee tomorrow hosting Indiana? Yeah, that's what I was going to mention. I'm playing some Isurla, uh tonight. Um, I'm sorry, Urson. 
that's his first name at least, um, as a power forward. But then the other guy, yeah, I was, had him in the tournament, Devenso. Um, so those guys, um, but you actually, um, when Giannis comes back, uh, I think we have to rule out uh, Erlen, or I'm sorry, Urson, Ilasova. I think I, I believe um, that won't work out too well for tomorrow. But looking to see how, you know, for to finish out the night, see how this uh, DiVincenzo does, how he's doing right now as we speak. So we'll just kind of wait on that. But um, seems like a, a Giannis slate to me tomorrow. Um, and also um, Vegas thinks here that because there's a you have a 219 and a half over under um, that Milwaukee is actually favored by seven and a half. So um, they're putting a, a good enough uh, indicator of a particular player actually playing um, on the Indianapolis side. I'll, I'll let you get into that, though, as far as um, the injuries and how that's going to go. But um, they could possibly uh, contain, contain, really, in a way, Giannis because they have very good defensive efficiency. That is the Pacers. Um, you know, not, the, not that they'll stop him. But uh, we should get a full game out of Giannis, I would say, um, because he's the most most efficient fantasy player in in DFS or, or any fantasy basketball um, that I can think of. So um, that's what the analytics would show. And, you know, we could kind of plug in Giannis for a whole four quarters, which we don't really get. And we haven't gotten that often here um, in the past few weeks. So I'm looking forward to um, plugging him into a slate like that. Yeah, I mean, you just got to lick your chops when you get Giannis for four quarters. And it is a seven and a half point spread, which is actually t- tied, I believe, for the closest spread on these afternoon games. We're still waiting on the Clippers Thunder line to post. But mm-hmm. I could see this game staying close and, and being much more high scoring than the last time these two teams played. And Giannis just showed his excellence tonight as he usually does. He got a triple-double in Madison Square Garden in about, when I checked, he'd only played 24, 25 minutes. He already had the triple-double. He finished with 26 minutes, so he cruised to that triple-double. And that is going to be the big question on this slate. Giannis is the highest-priced player. Um, You know, assuming that LeBron is out, and we'll get to that later, then the next highest player is Anthony Davis at 10.1. So, um, again, if you're multi-entering, I can't imagine not getting a couple Giannis lineups. Um, and I, I do think we need to wait for the news with the starting lineups for the Bucks in terms of looking at the other value plays. You know, we've seen Coach Bud on some of these back-to-backs, you know, really vary the rotations. And, you know, Ursan Ilyasova, you know, he, he could play in one and not the next. And, you know, he did start tonight and play 19 minutes. Yeah, um, I apologize. I was thinking Giannis for some reason at first um, uh, sat tonight, but he played along with Ilyasova in the same lineup, yes. Right. But, I mean, we could easily see Ilyasova not play on, on Sunday here. So let's wait and see what the starting lineup is. Um, DiVincenzo has really been great here at 5.7. But I do want to keep an eye on Middleton. He is 6.4, and he's been sort of average lately. And I, I wanted to be on him when he finally broke out. Unfortunately, I think that was today, Saturday. He went for 23, 6, 5, and 3 in only 23 minutes. 
So he really exceeded value today, and now I'm a little bit concerned he's going to be more highly owned here on Sunday. But I love him in tournaments for a guy that, you know, 6.4 guy who can get you 40 fantasy points. So, sure. you know, he's he's somebody I'm going to take a look at. Especially in a closer projected game like this. Exactly. Exactly. With, you know, Bledsoe continuing to be out of the lineup. So uh, they've got to spread the scoring around. Over on the Pacers side, the news I'm, I'm guessing you're, you're referencing is that Sabonis is questionable with a hip restriction. And yes. if, if he's out, that really changes things. Uh, you know, then I think we have to be a little bit more concerned about Milwaukee winning easily. Giannis not getting as many minutes on the, on the second end of the back-to-back. But hopefully Savonis will be in so we can watch this game. Should be a fun one. Yeah, watch for any line changes just to make sure, you know, um, it, to me it projects as if he is playing. So it's not a usual injury that he's had a much, I suppose, of a history of. I don't recall what it was, but maybe an ankle or something, but... Um, it, it pro- does project uh, still according to the lines that um, he would be able to play. So just to throw that out there, um, I, I did also forgot to mention George Hill was another solid option. He's pretty consistent on the Milwaukee side real quick. Yeah, he's, he's really efficient and consistent. I agree. I do like playing him. He, he has been priced up a little bit. But uh, getting into the Pacers side, the other news is we've got Lamb questionable with the groin. He didn't play last time out. Uh, Holiday jumped into the starting lineup, but he's not much of a value play in terms of price. If that happens again, he's up at 4.5. Brogdon, though, he's my favorite pacer. He's 7.1. I, I mentioned the narrative already, and that is a, a low price for him. So uh, I've got my eyes set on Brogdon. Um, one guy that you could go to here for value is TJ McConnell at 4.1. You know, especially if Lamb is out and we've got um, a few more minutes to go around here for the wing players. And then Sabonis, I I always love him at 8.0, but if he's a little bit limited and this is the the first game of a back-to-back for Indiana, uh, I'm going to play him a little bit less than usual just in case he's he's not 100% and in case he doesn't go, you know, the full allotment of minutes and they rest him a little bit for... Um, for the game on Monday. What are, you, what are your thoughts on Indiana? Are you going to play Sabonis at 8.0? or Sure. Uh, he, he's playable, of course, if, he, if he's playing. But if he's not, um, T.J. Warren and, and Miles Turner, they're, they're going to see the replacement in usage. You know, um, So they'll uh, probably want to take most of his minutes, but then... Um, so then we could also free up a little bit in the event, in case, of course, the bonus doesn't play. Uh, any interesting Goga? Yeah, that's uh, – I mean, I, I do like Goga in general. And, you know, he hasn't been getting many minutes lately. So I'd be, I'd be a little hesitant to go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I might go – potentially a little bit more with, with Warren in that scenario. And I like, you know, I like some of these uh, other value plays that we've talked about and that we're going to get to. So I probably wouldn't have too much go-go on this slate. Sure. Did you mention uh, Aaron Holiday? 
Yeah, I mentioned, you know, that he's at 4.5. Um, okay. He did, he did, he was solid in that spot start. So yes, he you, was. you like him if you like him if he starts again. Yeah, I played him in a lot of cash last time out, so he did a fine job there. It might go right back to that. All right. So uh, again, follow, follow the news at Hoopball Fantasy, and uh, make sure you're ready to go there right before lock at six o'clock. The yes. other the other seven o'clock game here, we can transition to the third out of four on this afternoon evening slate is another game full of narratives. It's the Clippers traveling to OKC. And there's just a bunch of guys here that have, have switched teams. Um, these two teams played back in mid November. It was low scoring and tight LA won that one 90 to 88. Kawhi Leonard did not play in that game. And I think there's a decent chance he's not going to play in this game. Again, it's Saturday night right now. We don't have the news, but Kawhi is playing tonight in the Clippers game. They're at San Antonio. So I would expect that he will not play on Sunday. Um, So in that case, Andy, we've got uh, Paul George at 8.5. Is he where you're going to start your... Uh, your lineups when you're tur- when you're talking about Clippers. I mean, possibly. Like, obviously, Kawhi. We're expecting to sit. Is that what you're thinking? Yes. Okay. So uh, everybody on this team is pretty much priced accordingly. I don't really see anything that's exciting or jumps out, except maybe Harrell. Uh, I'm assuming Harrell takes on the Leonard role in a way. I know he. Not exactly the same player, you know, he does different things, but, um, you know, going with Harold and, and, and Lou, I know you you make the right calls when it comes to that. Those uh, two guys that uh, you're the you're the Harold and Lou guy. So <laughs> pretty much <laughs> make that call for me. But um, the other uh, interesting guy is uh, Zubak, the 3.6. Um, you could possibly get on him or even uh, Nerland Noel for. 3.9. Um, those are pretty much two close calls right there. I mean, um, you could use these guys really as lineup fillers when you come down to maybe, you know, last couple spots and that's the amount of money, you know, you got left. I would, I wouldn't hesitate to probably go in one of those directions. Yeah, those are some good potential value plays for sure. Um, and, and I'm with you. Before we get the news about Kawhi, Harold is probably my favorite target for the Clippers. He's at 6.6 in this matchup. He went for 28, 12 and five. So uh, always happy to go back there. I may not go with Lou Williams on this slate. Um, you know, I think I'd rather pay a little bit more for Brogdon at 7.1 and looks like the Clippers did a pretty good job of, of limiting minutes here. In the, in the front end of the back-to-back against the Spurs, there's still a minute to go here in the fourth quarter, but Paul George only played 25 minutes, Beverly 22, Harrell 20, Lou Williams 23. So Doc is going to have them ready to go here for the back-to-back. Mm-hmm. Um, the other guy I would look at if Kawhi is out is Landry Shamit. He's at only at 3.3. And he only played 14 minutes tonight, but I think we'll get a, a boost in minutes and usage if Kawhi Leonard is out. Over on the Thunder side, 
you know, we mentioned the narratives. We've got Chris Paul, who really stepped up when he traveled to L.A. to play Doc and the Clippers. He went for 22-4-4 and four steals. He's at 7.2. So I'm a, I'm interested in him. I also had Nerlens Noel circled 3.9 coming off the bench, getting to run with Harrell. I think lots of times Harrell will, you know, go for the block and um, give up some fantasy points to opposing bigs and, you know, try to make sure he's out of foul trouble. He can play heavy minutes. And so I, I'm interested in Noel at 3.9. And, you know, we've talked on recent shows about Adams, how consistent he's been at 6.0. And I think he's worth considering as well. What are your thoughts on the Thunder? Uh, it's another team where they're pretty much priced accordingly. I could use any of these guys. I mean, you, you could start. Obviously, you can pay up with um, Chris Paul. You work your way down if you're kind of in a position of need. Of course, like you mentioned, Adams. Um, you could also use Shea. Um, so it just kind of depends on where you can fill these guys, you know, use these guys as fillers, I would say. Yeah, Shea is an interesting one because at 7.0, you know, he's he's had some strong games recently. He really struggled in this matchup with only 11 points and one rebound, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, you know, he did not fare well uh, against his old team. We'll see if he can change that. But, um, all right. Well, believe it or not, we only have one game left, and – you know, we're sort of we're sort of cruising along with a lot faster pace than some of these games are going to be with the defensive <laughs> slugfests like this okay. last one. We've got the Nuggets in their fourth-ranked defense traveling to Staples Center to play the Lakers in their third-ranked defense. It's the nightcap at 9:30, and huge news here is that LeBron is doubtful with this rib cage injury. It really seems like all the signs are trending towards LeBron being out. And the other news for the Lakers is that Kuzma is probable. Uh, AD is probable with an ankle. And I also noticed that Avery Bradley does not have a minutes restriction anymore. Yeah. So with that in mind, what are your thoughts on these Lakers? Yeah, so I'm per the hoop ball news team. I noticed that <clears throat> Caldwell Pope, um, Danny Green, and Rajon Rondo will all see increased usage and minutes to be viable streaming uh, DFS options. So um, that kind of summarizes what uh, you can do with this team. Like with KCP, he's drawn the most interest for me at 4K. Because um, you're getting at least 19 of his past several games, DraftKings points in a game from him. So you'll need him um, to reach your superstars tonight, I would say, um, to get yourself enough value in there. Um, as we have the doubtful and the probable tags, we shouldn't be in for any surprises. Um, Kuzma, Kuzma is not a lock by any means, but... He's going to try, I suppose, to fill in for that LBJ role. Um, who's playing point? Uh, uh, obviously, we, we looked at Rondo and and also um, 
Oh, you mentioned the other, the other guy. Sure, I'm not recalling. Avery Bradley. Bradley, yeah. Yeah, he handles the ball some. Yeah, so and and then the other guy comes off the bench. I don't think he matters, uh, Caruso. But um, you know, you'll need you'll need to your value players to reach your superstars tonight. Now with with AD, he's probably the most questionable one we don't know about. Um, when it comes to a situation like this, like um, some people were saying, there was some news reports that, like for example tonight, Kawhi was not going to play. Now I don't know. I didn't know whether to trust that particular source or not. And I had Kawhi in a lot of my lineups, cash lineups. So I decided, well, if he's not going to play in that scenario, since we, we have time to talk a little strategy here um, on a nightly, you know, uh, basis DFS grind is that you have to plan ahead. Who are you going to switch him out for? Yes. So if you have to arrange it with, you know, three other guys, then you got to look at, Hey, uh, I've got other slots at time slots at, you know, let's say 8.30 p.m. Um, as that time limit approaches to those locks, you know, you've got, I believe the Clippers, for example, tonight were playing at 9 p.m. Um, or 9.30. You know, you're, you're ready to put in, you know, for example, Paul George, and you're not losing much at all. You know, you got the, the usage from that same team, plugging them in there, and then um, a good example as well was with Minnesota. I had Minnesota last couple nights here. I used Minnesota with with Cat being out, Carl Anthony Towns. I plugged in Dang successfully um, last time a couple nights ago they played, and I plugged in Dang, and then I was able to use Wiggins in the same lineup. So I still got my Minnesota exposure with those two guys in the same lineup stacked and, and it was very successful for me. So that's just um, what you can do, especially in this here scenario with um, KD is uh, look to see what will happen. Who's going to take up his usage, his minutes. Um, you know, as far as Kuzma, I didn't come up with anyone else exactly, but we know that, you know, um, Howard and McGee, um, they take up the center, they share the center minutes, but as far as the power forward, um, I'm not exactly sure, but I'll just pre- probably dig into that a little bit more later. But um, but those are basically the guys, you know, you're looking to um, AD, KCP, and um, probably you're going to mix and match some of these other guys, and more so for tournaments like, uh, like I mentioned, Danny Green, Rondo, and Kuzma. Okay, yeah. So I'm um, sort of, I've been hovering around those same guys. And for me, I think AD will basically be a lock and load if, if LeBron is out, which will be um, a little bit stressful because I'm usually not a lock and load Anthony Davis guy. And we, we, we know how, um, you know, his fast starts can go sour quickly when he tweaks an ankle or has to go to the bathroom or, you know, somebody pushes his elbow a little bit and he's out for half the game. So it is, it's a little nerve-wracking, but I'm going to primarily lock AD in. And I really like Rondo here. If, if, if LeBron is out, I think he's going to have to really step up, um, play big minutes. He fared well against the Nuggets when these two teams played earlier in December. He went for 11-6-6 six, six in 25 minutes. And he's only 4.3. So I really do think Rondo's underpriced here. He's my favorite wing player for the Lakers. I, I do like Kuzma at 3.5. I agree. 
he's going to have to fill the void uh, with LeBron out. So I'm going to have him in a bunch of lineups. Those are my favorite Lakers. Um, and I, I really like the point that you raised about the late swap. And it's sort of convenient on this slate. You know, if you if you have LeBron in at 10.2 and you, you're thinking there's a chance he's going to play, if we don't have the early news, you know, mid-slate, you know, if you're on DraftKings, you can swap him out in the forward position and get AD in there at 10.1. So you, you certainly need to be able to do that and be ready to do that if you're thinking there's a chance LeBron's going to play. But, um, and, and of course, same thing with Kawhi and Paul George, as you mentioned, with a similar price tag. But one thing we, I don't know if you've ever gotten into yet on um, the DFS Today podcast is with a, a late swap site, you really need to pay attention to what position you have your guys in. Because, for, for example, if you have, and what time the game is. So, for example, you really need to take advantage of the utility spot and not have the guys who are in the earliest game in the utility spot. Because if there's late-breaking news, you want to have that full flexibility to be able to use the utility spot and, for example, potentially get to a center that if the utility slot is already filled and locked with a guy in the first game on the slate, you know, tonight it would be the Hornets-Celtics game, then you're really limiting your options. So if you're someone who does follow the news, plays multiple lineups, and is on a site like DraftKings where you can late swap. In general, you just have to make sure that your early guys are towards the top of the lineup, and you keep that flexibility in, in the guard forward utility slot below for the guys who are questionable or, or playing in the later games. So that's somewhere you know something where we can you can really get an edge. I you know I did the same thing uh, a night or two ago, you know swapping out three players, and I, I only played like seven or eight lineups that night. But mm-hmm. when I, I I swapped out three players, including the center and the utility spot, uh, it ended up being my best lineup. You know because you got, I got a little mm-hmm. bit different. I got I got Jokic in, into the lineup, um, so. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's very, very important, and it can be the difference between cashing, not cashing, or cashing in a big way versus just a min cash. So um, keep that in mind, and, and feel free to send us questions on Twitter about that if there's any confusion. Uh, uh, I think that's a very important strategy piece. So with all that being said about the Lakers and the strategy, we have one team left to talk about in this matchup. It's the Nuggets. There's not really any news that I'm aware of right now here on Saturday night uh, in terms of injuries or limitations. Um, and I actually don't really have anybody jumping out at me on the Nuggets side. I'm not planning to play uh, Nuggets for my primary build. But I'm curious, Andy, if you have different thoughts over there. Yeah, I mean, uh, Joker and Murray, they're in play. But probably even more interesting is Barton. Uh, he's getting good production, and I believe you um, you have all the narratives there. <laughs> Barton is in a is he he's he's a guy that's in the uh, um, playing his former team. Uh, no, I don't think he was ever out in L.A. Oh, I'm sorry. 
uh, oh, was it was it from someone from the Lakers playing? Uh, who was it here? No, no, there wasn't. There was no revenge narrative in this particular game. Sorry about that. It's okay. Yeah, there, I mean, there's there's so many narrows on this slate. It's hard yeah. to keep track of them. Yeah, I want to make sure we got them all. Okay, so we got, I guess we got them all. But um, yeah, I mean, um, Joker's been okay to go to, but I, I hope we don't get one of those um, super low scoring games. Was this the 98 to 80 game or something like that you said previous? Yeah, it was. It was 105 to 96. Oh. So, I mean, yeah, only, that 200, hurts. only 201 points, and the total uh, yeah. on this matchup is 209. Oh wow! So maybe maybe I won't uh, <laughs> talk myself out of going there at all. Um, but I mean, for a normal slate, I mean, you could always say consistency-wise, um, cash game-wise, these guys, uh, you know, Barton's been getting the good production, and and um, and Joker and, and Murray, most you know, you can play these guys. So. Um, you know, you can go to one of those places, but because we're talking only here, you know, the over under, uh, and then make sure here I got that real quick. <clears throat> it it so, was out at 209 when I first saw Lakers favored by seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's the type of game we're looking at here. Um, it's not, it's, it's very low, and we'll see if we can get, um, you know, defensive production, or maybe we can get some blocks and steals. <laughs> right. Yep. Certainly keep an eye on that. And the other thing to keep in mind here is that the Nuggets are on the front end of a back-to-back. They're going to be traveling to Phoenix on Monday. So mm-hmm. we certainly could see a, a more balanced distribution of minutes. And with, with all these guys, like you, like you mentioned, I think they're pretty fairly priced, these Nuggets. And, you know, somebody could surprise. I mean, I think... It was Millsap who actually probably got you the best return in this matchup the first time these guys played, which is surprising because, you know, he was dealing with with Anthony Davis and and this tough front court for the Lakers. But, um, you know, so certainly you could have somebody stand out unexpectedly. But I think we've got enough other attractive plays here throughout the slate uh, that we don't need to play too many nuggets in this matchup. Yeah, it's one of these slates here where you really got to watch the news closely. Head over to hoopball.com, the forums. I'm posting those periodically there um, throughout the day. So watch those. And even when the slate, you know, the initial lock hits at 6 p.m., since that's what's going on here on Sunday, um, as you know, we got football going on and everything. And then, you know, if you're watching these, if you're watching the football, but then if you're also watching these, you know, um, you can look for the updates there and um, any that come out on, on Twitter and so forth and make sure you're up to date because there's a lot of value. Uh, we pretty much covered, I believe, all the value the value for the day that potentially opens up so they can get the main um, guys in there like we touched on, uh, AD, um, like we also talked about Giannis. And, um, you know, we've also got uh, Paul George. PG3, and I think that would be all the superstars that we are studs that we would need for today, unless I'm missing anyone there, Andrew. Yeah, you know, assuming Kawhi is out, you know, the only other high-priced guy is Jokic at 9.2. In this matchup, uh, he went for 13, 5, and 8, so you know he didn't do too much against this Lakers front court. 
So this this might be the the time where I where I fade Jokic and focus much more of my attention on Giannis and Anthony Davis, like you mentioned. Yeah, that Sabonis news is going to be key as well. So we'll have to make sure that goes okay or not. We just get more value opened up. You know, we can look to um, you know, the, the main guy being there. Um, trying to recall here real quick. Miles Turner and... And Brogdon? No, I had another guy down here. Oh, you're talking oh, about Warren. Warren? Yep. He was also interesting. So we can look for those type of things to um, possibly open up. Absolutely. Well, that should wrap it up for us. Uh, I'm excited about this slate, and hopefully we helped you all sort through it. Uh, if, you, if you have any last-minute questions, do reach out to us on Twitter. You can find Andy at Drew J. Gallagher. I am at Language Olympic. The coach is at J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. Mike is at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And Miles is at M-Y-L-E-S-6565. So that'll wrap it up for today. Thank you for joining us on this five-game slate. Be sure to tune in for the Monday card as well. Uh, Coach should handle that show. And if I don't talk to you again, uh, have a great holiday, Andy, and, and same to our listeners. Yeah, just keep on following everything, podcasts here. Watch the news, get the best value options in there. Make sure you stay up to date, and we'll keep you up on all those things coming forward. So uh, look forward to that, and Monday as well, Coach Sarvati and everybody, and uh, throughout the week. Excellent. All right, well, that'll do it for us today here on Hoopball DFS Today. Thank you very much for listening. Be sure to tune in tomorrow, and have an excellent holiday season. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.